Your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make it feel like your family. They make it feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Post game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smith. You're listening to the Cho Show only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show Show podcast presented by TheSwapReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. As promised, we are back with the... I said before being on my guest, my guest is somebody that I, I, I have admired for quite some time because of his willingness to do little things to help the, the team win. Uh, before I bring him on, though, two things of note. One... I once again am pushing back the, the new series over on the Choso Podcast Network YouTube channel until next Thursday. So this time next week, just because the timing of the interview, I, I, I didn't want to put it out uh, in on, on, on a Friday because we're going to have two videos. We'll have obviously the, the interview with my guest and then a behind the scenes vlog I had teased about um, in recent weeks. And then before that, we have two videos now we'll leave us two videos now over there with 100 views we are one view shy of getting the original Dante McGee to 100 which with this actually might be past 100 depending on what time you are listening to this and then the wide receiver tied in recruiting breakdown is I think about 10 views shy of 100 and the Cooper Wilcox interview is over 130. So again, I just appreciate you all support. Um, again, thank you for the TJ and the Alex ones. I think those are combined at about 65 views and counting. So again, I, I really do appreciate that. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to bring on my guest now. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma wide receiver Johnny Mazzotto Fourth. Johnny, thank you for taking time to talk to me. Uh, could you start by telling the viewers and listeners out there a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you for having me, first off. Um, yeah, my name is Johnny Mazzotto Fourth. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you don't forget the folk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm from Midway City, Oklahoma. I went to Carlisle High School. Um, straight out of high school is where I went to UCO. I actually was recruited as a quarterback. And then um, I believe like after that first year is when I got moved to receiver. And um I ain't looked back. You know, it's been it's been a cool ride. That okay, I'm glad you went ahead and mentioned you were a quarterback in high school now because I I, I, I first I have to ask, you came from Carl Albert, so mm -hmm. everybody that follows Oklahoma High School football knows how dominant that program is. So what is the secret sauce? <laughs> the secret <laughs> sauce, man, because like every year you like pencil it in 
Well, 5A, we know who's probably going to, you know, go ahead and, and, and win that. So just having one one yourself, uh-huh. what is the secret sauce? Man, listen, we really got out there and worked, bro. Um the team really just the team really just came together. You know, we came um like in the summer, you know, it was working. We always was hanging out, we was always good friends. So, you know, we was able to play together on that level. And then we also kind of like my class would have been the only class to leave without a ring. So we really was having something to play for. And so that com- come like compared with shoot, just the way the team was clicking, that was the year that we did it. And and, and as a as as a senior quarterback at that point, not having one one, like how much pressure did you put on yourself to make sure that you did not leave without without some hard work? <laughs> I think, bro, listen, I think I put an unhealthy amount of stress on myself to where, like, I had to kind of pull back the reins a little bit, slow down so I wouldn't, you know, overdo it. But I think it was the pressure was good. You know, it makes you really focus and make you and make you work hard. So, yeah. And and then for for okay so for so for those who 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 like I said who are new or didn't know you were a quarterback I went I found some film we'll we'll, we'll have it roll in the video here you oh. were you were quite a you were quite a nice little uh there quarterback there I, just, <laughs> I was you know what I'm saying I was all right I was all right <laughs> I mean I know we, we I mean if we're looking at the stats man I mean you had what twenty six touchdowns passing over a thousand rushing yards seventeen touchdowns so. Mm. You know, I just, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, well, well then. So, so then you get to UCO. Mm-hmm. So what led you to come to UCO? Um, I had three, I had three offers. I had OBU. I had um, Northwestern Oklahoma State. And then I had UCO. Those are the three major scholarships that I had. And so going on my visits, you know, talking to family, figuring out like where I was comfortable at. It was really between OBU and UCO. And so UCO, it just felt like more home. I had coming in, I had, you know, people that I knew that I was, you know, could associate with at the time. And so it just, it really felt like home. It wasn't too far away, but it was far enough to where I can do my own thing, you know. And so I liked the culture behind it. I liked what they was doing. And so it really was just a fit. And so I was like, yeah, let's let's roll with the chose. <laughs> And then, like you said, so your your first year you got there, you registered as a as a as a quarterback behind Chaz and Keats and and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And then you you get you get you get moved to receiver. And I remember, I think it was spring, spring. Uh, I think you were still a quarterback at that time. And I remember Coach t- t- talking about that. And then you got moved at some point between then and the fall. What went into your move from quarterback to wide receiver? Um, it was it was actually in my exit meeting. So I went through the fall. I went through fall camp, went through the fall, and then went through the spring. And then Coach Bobek in the um, in my exit meeting, he said that, you know, it would probably be better for me to move to receiver with my skill set that I had based upon, like, the way the offense was being run at the time. And so f- at first, like, it was really a hard pill to swallow because that's what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to play quarterback. And so after, like, really, you know, sitting down, thinking about it, talking to family and everything, like, we decided that it was really a, a nice little move. And so I just – I really just went with it. Um, Coach Jack, Coach Jackson, he supported me, you know. He brought me in. He was like, 
um, don't even worry about it. We'll get you coached up. You know, we're gonna uh, we're gonna figure this out, and and it worked out really well. So, so when you moved, what what was that adjustment period like? Because I'm sure it had to be a change going from throwing the passes now catching the passes. Yes, definitely. But it really it really just took the workload off because you know as a QB, you got to know what the entirety of the offense is doing. Along with, you know, you got to know what the defense is doing, what coverages, what checks, you know. And so, like, it really just took that piece off of me to where, like, I can just go play fast and I can just go play football. And so, I mean, that aspect was nice. However, like, you know, there's specific drills and certain techniques that go with playing receiver that a lot of times you don't really have at uh, quarterback. Like, what I struggled with early on was my route running and like how to get off press release and how to work and how to work that. And so that was really one of my biggest challenges is learning how to be a, a receiver at this level, because I've never, I never really played past, past high school. I think maybe freshman as a freshman, I played a little bit of receiver, but beyond that, I just was specific to quarterback and safety. And so really like I had no prior, I had no priors to playing receiver. And so just being able to get out there and, and really hone in on my skills is something that I really was challenged to do. So how long would you say it, it, it took you to really be comfortable at that receiver spot? I feel like it took me a good year and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, a good year and a half to really feel comfortable in my body in the way that, that I can run routes and not based on like, what everybody else was doing because my skill set, my body type is different from, you know, each person. And so being able to be comfortable in my own body and learning how to run routes at my pace and, and how to work with me is something that, that it was. And and then how, so being a quarterback, I'm sure that has to somewhat help you as a receiver, because you can kind of picture what they're looking at in a certain way. How did that prior knowledge um, I guess, help you currently as a wide receiver? Um, the IQ helped me a lot, like, especially with the coverages and knowing the defense. I know as a receiver, I know when I'm supposed to get the ball. Like, on this route, if it, if I'm running a post in the cover two, I know, like, this is me right here. And so as I'm running my route, I'm, you know, getting a little excited. And so I just know, like, from a from a quarterback standpoint, we're really – helped me was that learning the defense and knowing like what coverages and how I can run and get open. And I'm glad you mentioned that because the more, the more I watch you because you're not, you're not a volume catcher, but I notice you, you make the big catch, like you make the chain mm-hmm. movers. You're, you're willing to go across the middle, which I, I, I give you much respect for because that. Already. <laughs> something, <laughs> something that not many people. Are willing to do, and, and, right, and right. you 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 taking some you know some big hits going, going going across the middle. So like what? How how? I guess how are you or why are you you know able to do that? Knowing you're probably gonna get lit up from some somebody somewhere after making that catch. I I just really I really just be playing, and so I'm not like I'm not scared to go over the middle. Like I might get hit, might hurt for a little bit, but. It's gonna hurt for a little bit, and then I'm right back to playing football. So I mean, it's really not it's really not too much me thinking like going over the middle. If you really think about it, it's probably gonna hurt a little bit more. 
So he might as well catch the ball anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think your 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 freshman season, I think you had like 10 catches, almost 100 yards. But mm-hmm. you had that play in the Champs Heart of Texas Bowl where you threw a 58-yard pass that kind of sparked the cup. Okay, now talk me through that now because you had to be excited. I know I was, as a former quarterback when yeah. they dialed, <laughs> dialed well, on the I was really excited. And so um, going through practice, actually, the play was designed for somebody else. I think the play was designed for uh, Elliot Curry. And so at the time, the play was designed for him. But in practice, like he threw a duck, so they they, they gave it to me, and I was like, "Hey, I know what to, I know what to do with it." And so, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, when they called the play, it it like aligned perfectly and everything. And then I let go of the ball, and it was nice. And um, he was running down the field. I think it was Clay. I thought I was gonna get a touch. Clay got caught. <laughs> I was like, "How you gonna get caught, bro?" But um, yeah, it was nice. It was uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a nice memory. <laughs> and then the following year, you threw three more passes. I know mm-hmm. uh, you had that touchdown against Central Missouri, I believe. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, <laughs> yeah. But so, how satisfied was it to get that pass or touchdown? You know what I mean? I feel like that had it was. To be- it was really satisfying. It was really satisfying. Um, because yeah. Like a few times it happened, we didn't score on it, and then that one time it finally popped. And um, yeah, I think I don't know how long it was, but it was a it was pretty it was a pretty long ways down the field, and so it was just satisfying that the play worked out, how we practiced it, and maybe even a little bit better. So now, okay, because that that's like a timing based play. So like mm-hmm. how. How did are you able to catch it and then quickly go into a throwing motion and deliver like a a really accurate ball? Um, for the most part, he really is wide open, so it's just like putting it to where he can catch it. Really, um, what really makes the play was Dante out on the edge. Like as long as I can sell a couple steps vertical and come back to where he's able to get the block, that's really what set the play up. And so with him making that block gives me time to, you know, set up and make a comfortable throw. And so really that's that's the the big the big part about that play is him making that key block and just giving me a split second to where I can just put it up to where, you know, he can run under it and catch it and get busy. And then um I know I think it was it might have been 2018, 2019. I know you you were banged up at some point, I I I believe during that. During that time, probably because you're going over the middle of the field. Going over the middle of the field. I remember it was, uh, it was Emporia, and they bring this up all the time. It was Emporia. Yeah, we ran a play. It was a check. And then I ran over the middle. The quarterback threw me kind of high, and I'm trying to go get the ball. I reach, and I come down, and I look. And then the next thing I know is that I'm sitting on the sideline. Like, I really don't remember all, like, the in-between of the play. I remember it from film, but, like, I remember running around across the middle and then like next thing I know, I'm talking to Jiffy on the sideline. He's like, bro, you good? I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? And come to find out, like I had a, you know, a mild concussion from the helmet to helmet. And so really like throughout me getting hit and going to the sideline, I got up and walked off the field. But like, I really have no remembrance of that at all. And then, okay, so like, Post concussion, what like what was that? What was that experience like? 
it was like I didn't have it was like mild cuts. I didn't really have headaches too much. Um, so we had like a two week period before we had the bowl game. And so during that time, I was really just rehabbing, um, just making sure I stayed right. And then uh, the week of practice, I believe when we did our our padded our padded practice, I just went helmets for a little bit. And then they kept asking me, kept checking on me and stuff. And then eventually I just was able to get back onto the field. So, okay, so so you have a good first couple of years. I think you got somewhere close to 20, 20 catches through, through, a, through a touchdown, through for over 100 yards. And then 2020 happened. So talk about what your experience was like not not having a season and and just, you know, that kind of stuff. It was it was low key devastating because all the work that we put in prior to it, you know, the morale was up. We was ready to go into that season. We had a good team, you know. We was we was ready. We was ready to work, and then like it was like the rugs got pulled from under us. You know, we thought like maybe okay, we'll be able to get you know into a few games. We'll at least be able to play a little bit before they tell us like we won't be able to. But it wasn't like that at all. Like it just happened so quick, and it make you like it make you realize like okay, I really need to you know, sit sit here and, and be thankful for what I have because it could be, you know, the season could be gone like that. And that really just opened your eyes to, you know, how fast things can change. And so when you got to that scrimmage game against Southern Nazarene, what what was that was it like a was there like a new appreciation for that? Like even though the game didn't technically count for anything, just getting back on the field, like what how did it how did it feel in that moment when you finally like strapped the pads on, ran out into the field knowing you was gonna hit somebody besides <laughs> besides your teammates? It felt so nice. It felt too nice because it was, it, it was a game situation again after a, a year of no of, of no like competition besides the team, you know? And so that right there was exciting in itself. We ain't really played ball in a year. It's just been, you know, it's just been work. It's just been work. And so we finally was able to go out there and, you know, have fun and actually play the game that we like to play. And so it was just, it really was just exciting. That was, that was one of the more exciting moments out of COVID was being able to go and, you know, function with the team again and, and, you know, learn how to play with each other. And then, uh, and then week one came, and you were the primary punt returner this season. It was kind of surprising because I, I, I was kind of starting to see you back there. So how, like, how, how did that come about? Because here we go from playing a quarterback and receiver, and now you're feeling, <laughs> you're feeling punts. <laughs> <All right, laughs> Is there so anything this man can't do? <laughs> <laughs> Already. Um... So really how it came about is, uh, I don't remember what year it was. I've been 2018. No, actually it was 2019. Um, we had Dustin Baskets, DB. He was back there returning punts. And so he had got injured. And then Preach, who was uh, second behind him, had also got injured. And so they was like, we need somebody to go back there. And I believe we was playing in that shoe, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I had a punt return, and I was able to, you know what I'm saying, I was able to get out. I got loose, and I liked that feeling. I was like, yeah, this is something that I got to make, you know, I got to make constant. And so really, like, after that, I just really worked on it, got out there with the punter, really got out there and focused on, you know, how to catch the ball, how to, you know, how to track it during the when it's in the sky. Because I play baseball, like center field, left field, and so – 
it kind of came natural a little bit, but how the ball moves and stuff is different and how you have to catch it is a little bit different too. And so really I just got out there. I got good work in with the punters and, and that helped me in that transition into the season to where like whenever we was competing for the spot, I was able to go out there and really compete and show them what I could do. And, you know, I won the spot and was able to, to get out there and play the position. Now, now you mentioned that the, the fielding a punt is different than catching the ball. Now, so for, for those who might not know, what are, I guess, the, the major differences between the two? The major differences, I mean, the ball is in the air for so long, it takes so much concentration, really. And then, like, to really make an effective catch, you want to make sure you get your arms together or else it's just going to fall right through or it's going to bounce off your chest. Once you, you know, once you track the ball because of, different factors like the wind can make it the way he kick it it can be a whole knuckle in the sky and it look like it's going you know one way and it completely changes directions as soon as it get to you and so really tracking the ball and and the catch is something i say is really different from like catching an ordinary pass to really catching a punt and then and then as a return man when do you how do you decide whether or not to field the punt or let it bounce because there was sometimes you would make a fair catch, and I think it was it might like, like the Ford Hayes game. There was like three or four defenders around this man. I'm like, what are you? Doing? I, was like, I was like, what are you doing, Johnny? It's just I'm I'm real aggressive and I want the ball. And so when the ball is kicked to me, in my mind, I'm going to return it. As soon as you kick the ball, I'm returning it, unless like it's a little shank or. You know, it's something that, you know, it's obvious that you need to call it for a catch. And there's been a few times where I've got hit because I was being too aggressive. But, um, <laughs> but like, but like really, um, yeah, it's just a feel. You feel the people that surround you, you know, you feel how long the ball is in the air. It gets, uh, it's get to uncomfortable. You're like, okay, I probably should for a catch. It. But then, but then you, I don't know. It's just, yeah, you really got a feel for it because sometimes you can do that. And I had a game to where I thought it was balls in the air too long. I put the fair catch on. I caught the ball and there was nobody around me. Instantly got mad. High. <laughs> because I was like, this, this is when you want to return the ball, you know? And so, yeah, it's really just a feel, I would say. And then when, when fielding the punt, because you got to look up to field the punt, but, you know, depending on the sun and stuff, like how, how tough is that to keep track of the ball when it's kind of caught in the sun. When the ball is in the sun, it was like, that is one of the hardest, that is one of the hardest balls to track because like it really get, it get right into the middle of the sun and it'll just disappear for a while. Even if you try to look at it, it still disappear. And so you have to really, I would say you have to really track the ball and tell what the trajectory and, and where it's going to end up like off the foot. And so whenever I do it, I just try to shield the sun the best I can. And as the ball is coming out, I get a feel of where the ball is going to be as it's coming out of the sun. They, you really, they say you're really supposed to try to catch the sun. I try to, but, you know, it, it really be lost. And so you really just, you know, try to find a trajectory and then just go off of that. Okay, well, there we go. All right, good. So good, good to know that there's some science behind the pump. People, you know, always get mad about returners didn't do this, returners didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Now you know why. Man. <laughs> now you know you know why. I mean, that's my science, though. You know, everybody else is different, but that's just that's just how it works for me. 
Uh, and then, okay, now I'm glad you so you brought up uh, uh, 2019 when Dustin and Preach was injured. I believe like the last two games of that season, you guys were like banged up bad. Yeah. Um. So okay, like how how tough was that going, especially going into that? I think it was Emporia was the final game. Mm-hmm. Like, how, I mean, how how tough was that? Because I remember, I think it was senior day, and there were like so many people in street clothes. I was like, I don't know how we're we're getting this done so like what was that what was that experience like you know having to as a as a group having to battle through all those injuries um it was definitely tough it was definitely tough um going through the week we really were just um okay excuse me going Mm -hmm. through the week we really was just kind of game planning we know who was going to be hurt and who wasn't going to play and so we we developed like different packages, like two receivers. Um, you know, we I think during that we ran a lot of heavy. And so moving, and then we also moved receivers to different positions. I think I played the Y and the Z at one point during the game. So just being able to be flexible and knowing the playbook, and being able to you know work with the team to try to get the job done. And then you mentioned the Y and Z position. So what is the difference between the two? Because, again, I find that's something that you hear about. People might not know that there is a legitimate difference between the two spots. So the way we used to run it is that the Y would be the slot receiver. The Z is the outside receiver. And so for me, I always like the slot coming from quarterback because, like I said, the releases and learning how to get off the ball when somebody's pressure you is a package that I needed to develop and put in my bag. And so, to me, that was the big difference at in the slot at the Y. You had a lot of free releases where you was, you know, running off the, running your route off to safety and not, or a linebacker where you're not getting pressed right up or bumped right up in your face. And so at the Z, it's different because you have to work off a corner that's, you know, a yard in front of you trying to be aggressive and put hands on you. And so you got to learn how to, you know, get off of that route and still stay on your route and not get rerouted. Uh, and then this past season, I really noticed this probably during the Lincoln game, but like you as a run blocker, that, mm-hmm. that, that's some impressive stuff because, I, you know, some receivers don't like the block. Some receivers just aren't good at blocking. But like I remember watching the Lincoln game and then I, I'll put this into it the rest of the season. You were like stonewalling guys out there. <laughs> on the edge, and I'm sitting there like, and this man was a quarterback doing this because th- there was a clip of your high school highlights. I think you, it was like a reverse, something like that. And oh, you yeah. tried to throw a ball. <laughs> I that too. Hey, you so the whole play. I thought I did something for real. It wasn't like it wasn't too much of nothing, but you know, I put my head in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> so how, so then how do we go? How do we go from that? To now, you know, really sealing the edge and and stonewalling DBs, just just ha- like what, what was that? What was that process like? Um, really being physical, being physical is going to solve a lot, a lot of the problems. Um, the problem I did have though was you know technique. Sometimes I try to focus on technique and like, yeah, have a two way go, not letting them have a two way go, and so. Really just working on that and being physical at the end of the day, like I said, that'll solve a lot of problems. I really just try to go in and hit them as hard as I can. But sometimes that don't work. That's what I'm saying. So you got to, you know, you got to find the happy medium between, you know, being physical and, and having the right technique. 
So okay, so what what is what is your personal tech technique when it comes to blocking? Okay, uh, physical first, and then I try to make sure I keep my my base under me and not get my head over my toes because a lot of times if you go and try to hit, you know, you lead with your shoulder and your head instead of you know using your hands. And so technique wise, I try to make sure I keep my base under me and take them them short, you know, um, strong steps and use my hands instead of just trying to go and just, you know, knock his lights out every time. Uh, and then it also in the Lincoln game, I think Joss Moore threw a touchdown. Now, I have to ask, did you give the man any pointers on <laughs> Oh, yeah, I in practice. Oh, definitely, because he was throwing a, yeah, Josh, you know you was throwing a couple ducks. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, we was going through it practice. There was a few days where uh, he would try to get out there and, you know, he threw it like the uncle at the cookout. And so, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we just, we gave him a few pointers, tell him not to try to just launch it down the field, but you know, your receiver going to be open. So just, you know, getting the ball. And then there was one where I think I, yeah, there was one where I threw it to Josh and it was, uh, it was actually kind of, he talked to me, we got on the sideline. He said, you couldn't, you couldn't have put it out there enough, but I was just trying to make sure he caught the ball. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Like you took my turn away, but it's all good though. <laughs> uh, so, you go last year. It was it was an up and down season. Um, you had the coaching change. You just finished spring. Mm-hmm. What has what has the off season been like? Um, adjusting to the coaching staff, and and then as far as spring ball goes. Uh, how, would, how, in your opinion, for you personally, did spring go for you? I think the spring was, I think the spring was amazing. Um, you know, I've been under the, uh, under Coach Bobek for like a while. And so just the newness of the program was really nice. And then the way the coaches, you know, carried themselves and then how they reacted to us as players was able to help us react, you know, to them as coaches. And so their their respect for us and their understanding, but then also coming in like, you know, about their business and, you know, ready to make some things change and make something shake was was really nice. Um, what was the other part of your question that you said? Just like how how has that process of uh, getting to know the coaches and them getting to know you all going? Oh, I think it's going well. Um, my coach, Coach Curley, He's he's a funny dude. Um, we've we've uh, been out. We went bowling as you know a unit as a receiver unit, and that was fun to be able to you know really like get to know your coach on you know more than just you know a football level to to really know him personally and and get to talk you know what's going on outside of football and able to make that connection. Like we feel like we can make that connection with all our all of our coaches really, and so they make it to where. It's an environment where you really can come up to them and, and, excuse me, and talk about anything if you want to. You know, it's a, it's not just we're going to talk about football 24-7. You know, how's life going? How's everything going at home? You know, they really they really show, you know, compassion and, and that they really care about, you know, you as a person as well as a player. And how big is that for you knowing um, that you can go to them and, and, and talk about more than just football? It means a lot, you know, it, is, it means that it's not just, they don't just see it as a business because at the end of the day, it's a business. But 
they're not like they're showing that they care and and they don't you know put the business over you in that aspect so that really that actually really means a lot to know that the coaches care about you and care about their players and as far as because now there, there's I've looked at the roster the other day and I think uh, there isn't too many old like or like OG old heads left on the roster. It's like you, Dante, uh, Daniel, Jason. Um, I, I guess you could will just throw Peyton in the Yeah, and, Scotty. Yeah, I mean, there ain't yeah. many of you guys left from that. Not, I'm looking at like, not too many of us. We're, we're a part of a dying breed. Right, and that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy that you bring that up, too, because, like, you know, you get a sense of when you was younger, you was the young head. And then, you know, now being the old head, the old person in the locker room is so different because I remember what it was like. And it was kind of crazy because, like, last year was kind of a year where I was in between. You know, I was, you know, kind of like the junior, you know, like the middle child of everything. But then, like, coming to this year where you really take on more of a responsibility of being an old head and, and you know, me remembering what it was like to be a youngin. So it's kind of crazy in that aspect to really think like, yeah, I'm one of the, one of the oldest people still in the locker room. So, okay. So, so now ha- having to carry the responsibility now being one of the, one of the oldest, what does that de- de- detail for you? Like what, what, what does that consist of? It consists of really what I think about when you ask that question is, you know, the culture of the program, because as an old head, you got to be the example, really. And, and, you know, with the coaches coming in, you got to really buy into their philosophy and, you know, the culture that they're trying to, you know, create. And so really being an old head, that's part of it, like, you know, buying into that culture and bringing everyone together on this, you know, this one goal and to, you know, Keep everybody level-headed and, you know, working. And then like, do you ever, like, tell the young guys that, you know, when I first got here, none of this was here? <laughs> like, like the oh, performance yes. center? <laughs> they swore. <laughs> they get the whole waterfall. We had, to, <laughs> we had to walk up them stairs after, uh, after far camp and sit in those horse troughs for the ice baths. What? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we do talk about that often. You know, the old, the way the old locker room used to be set up and how we have to walk up those stairs, getting out, out of fall camp, you know, how, like, you know, the, the old training room used to be where all the, you know, all the spots, yeah. We still talk about that, and it's nice to be able to, you know, have some people on the team to share those memories, too, so... So, so as someone who who literally like you 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 see you saw you've seen the progress you've seen the bit of the progress so like how how like looking back how I don't want to say crazy but like you know what I mean because like when you first got there I don't think that was even a thing and then you look now and you're getting the waterfall you're getting the renovation now you got the weight room you got the locker right. room you got the nutrition all that all hey, that the stuff the weight room though the weight room is on is a big up because we used to work out in a little hole in the wall it seemed like <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy because all we walked through there now where the door was they done put bricks like completely closed it off like it was like a real hole in the wall for real but um can you ask the question again? I low-key just forgot it. So, like, how... 
like looking back, did you ever envision that not only let's just say generously about five years later when you came as as a freshman quarterback to now here you are elder statesman yeah. like, like like you said before last of a dying dying breed in terms of you know OGs on the roster and then right. just seeing the progress facility wise. How I mean that kind of has to like blow your mind somewhat. Just looking back and just seeing all the change that happened in like four or five years span. Yeah, it's nice, you know, coming in as a recruiting. They were they were talking about it, and so it was in the it was in the process, but they haven't broke dirt yet. Mm-hmm. And so it's really nice because a lot of times in recruiting they tell you something to get you there. And then when you get there, you're like, okay, where is it at? Like, did y'all even start it? Or was y'all just saying that? It was, was that just pictures that y'all received? What did y'all just show me? (laughs) And so for them to actually, you know, build it and now it's built and we're in the facility, like it was, it was crazy seeing it being built. And then when we were able to actually set foot into the facility, it was just like mind blowing, like, wow, this is really nice. You know, this is something really nice that they did for us. And so, yeah, that change was really cool coming in, you know, they telling it, they telling us that it was going to be built. And then it was, and then a year later, year and a half later, it was built. And that was, that was really nice. And to be able to go in there and, and be able to have a nice facility and make you want to, you know, make you want to work even harder. Uh, and then this past season, you all, you all, you debuted the white helmets. Now I'm gonna lie to you here. When you came out with the white helmet, because I saw the white helmets on display outside the offices, and I'm just like, yeah. there's no way this is real. And the first thing I saw was the white helmets. When did you all learn you would get the white helmets? And and, and when were you all like excited to now know you could you could go with the icy whites on the mm-hmm. road games now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was it was really exciting. I don't remember exactly when we found out we was going to be getting the white helmets, but I remember going in there one day and then in the lobby you seen the white helmet on the mannequin. And we're like, hey coach, what's 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 up with the helmets? We getting those? And then you know they kind of like they try to tell you, yeah, without telling you, yeah. And so I think that might have been the time that I really figured it out, but I thought it was nice. I thought it was icy. Um I wish we did, though, you know, kind of alternate because all all year long we just wear white helmets. And so we was we was trying to put different combinations together. But, yeah, those white helmets was really icy, bro. And I like the horse, the logo on it, too. Some It was mixed, you know, mixed like signals between some people liking it, some people not. But I like the horse, though. Right, I, I felt like it was it was nice change up now because you know it was it was yes. always just just they just the UCO so it was pretty cool seeing you know the, the Bronco on there you know so definitely and uh, and then you you also you you change your number from eighty seven to four what went into that <laughs> oh uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> now that I say that now, don't forget it don't forget oh, so it that I, <laughs> I that well you know um so coming in. <laughs> Freshman, you know, you kind of just get assigned a number. And so until you really work for it. And then 87 wasn't bad. That was the year my auntie was born. So, you know, I was rocking with it. I had a seven in it. Coming, you know, I was a quarterback. That's seven. That's my number. And so at least still had a seven in it. And then when I got a chance to change it to the four, I was like, oh, yeah, it's time. It's time for it's time for a change. It's a new wave now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now, so, 
Now, okay, so you you obviously you take pride in being the fourth. So, yeah. like, what wh- what does that mean to you to carry on that namesake? It means you don't even like. It means the world because you know the men I have in my life, the men I had in my life for the longest. You know they mean so much to me, and you know the work that they put in to you know not only you know, make a success for themselves, but, you know, better the next generation. And so to me, that's what I take it as. Like each generation gets better and better and better. And so carrying the, carrying the name, you just, you know, you, you making it better for yourself. You making it better than, you know, what it used to be. And then like for the future generation, you, you preparing them for, for greatness, you know? So to me, like it's really like I take pride in I take pride in being the fourth. You know, a lot of people don't get to say that. A lot of people don't have those, you know, those people in their lives. And so I really, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of you know everything. Cause see, I didn't even know that you were the fourth. I think it was last year when they finally put it on the roster. Because beforehand, it just had Johnny yeah. Brazil. and then one day, probably Mister Johnny was on the fourth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because they kept leaving it off. They kept leaving it off. I'm like, you know, it's cool. Like, that's my name, but I'm the fourth, you know? Like, that's <laughs> that's my person. And so, yeah, I had to go talk to them and make sure they, they put the phone there and they weren't trying to leave it off. Uh, okay, well, um, before I get you out of here, uh, I'm sure if you listen, you kind of know what's coming next. I always do the get-to-know-you yeah, yeah. question. People out there. Okay, yeah, yeah. so your favorite sports team, my favorite sports team gotta be the Steelers. They're all right. Another Steelers the fan. Steelers. You yes. know, a big Steelers fan over here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. All right now, because <laughs> I don't know about you, I was sweating bullets on draft night because <laughs> you know Pittsburgh doesn't trade up. So I said, man, I didn't even really so- watch draft day. To be honest with you. I was doing so much other stuff. I didn't even watch draft day. I was just getting the ESPN updates, really. Oh, no. I'm sitting there. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no way Pittsburgh, as cheap as we are as a franchise, we are not trading up. So we need somebody to fall. Yeah. And I was surprised when both Pickett and um, uh, Willis were sitting there. And so now, were you? Did you have a preference between Pickett or Willis, or, or were you cool with just either one of them? Yeah, I was cool with either one. I feel like both of them is a, is a nice asset to the team, really. Yeah, same, same. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think you know, like them, is Pittsburgh sharing a building with the Steelers. You know, they get that in person look. So you know, I, I, I was cool, but I thought we had another mm-hmm. really good draft. There. You know, I, I thought we did. I feel like, uh, yeah, it was solid. I feel like yeah, it was I thought- solid. Okay, good. Uh, that, that's good to know. Uh, there's another Steelers fan. See, I knew there was. Right, right. I knew there was a reason why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew there was a reason why. Already. Uh, uh, now, do you do you think though? Do do we do we think Mitch starts the whole season, or do we think at some point he's getting replaced mm-hmm. by Kim? I think they go bad. I think it's going to really. I think what's going to determine that is the preseason. Really, I think I think either one of them could go ahead and start it off, but Mitch might go ahead and get it. I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. they, they might do that. They just kind of ease him in there. But okay, right, okay. right. Okay, well, that's good. All right, good to know. Okay, well, all right. Let's see. Um, 
Okay, your favorite hobby outside of football? Uh, favorite hobby? Uh, I guess I would just say playing the game. I like to play the game. Um, Apex, Call of Duty, Madden, you know, things like that. Rocket League, people that play Rocket League. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, are you a console gamer or a PC gamer? Uh, console. PlayStation. Got to go PlayStation. We won't, we won't play Xbox. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, that is, <laughs> is someone, <laughs> is someone who has both a 360 and a PS3. Why are you solely team PlayStation? I think it's just, I think it just buys because I had PlayStation growing up, you know, really. Oh, uh, like since, since the slim all the way up to the four, to the five. So it's, it's always been team PlayStation, actually. I think, and honestly, with the PlayStation, I think, I feel like you get, I think you just get better quality, personally. Okay. I, I can, I can, I can see that. I can see mm-hmm. that. Um, okay, let's see. Favorite musical artist? Jermaine, Cole. Okay, now we're talking. We're talking, Cole, we're talking old. We're talking old J Cole or new J Cole. I'm talking all J Cole. Okay. Really, mm-hmm. because I like the old stuff and I like the new stuff too, especially the album he put out last year. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So the your 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 favorite J Cole song. Favorite J Cole song. That's a that's a tough one. Um, let me check. <laughs> I'm gonna go look it up. This <laughs> <laughs> is the first thing you to actually check. Yeah, I'm gonna go check. Okay, so listen, the album of the year freestyle. I really mess with that. But okay. we're gonna go. We go. I think we're gonna go to the off season, and I really think applying pressure. That might be one of my favorites right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think we can say applying pressure. I'm gonna go. Okay. With that. Okay. Um. Let's see. Your favorite food. Uh, favorite food. Uh, I think one of them good old good old them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Okay, it's going yeah. basic. Okay, <laughs> yeah, big peanut butter and jelly guy, bro. <laughs> now, now, what what flavor of jelly are we going with here? No strawberry. <laughs> Gotta be great. It has to be great. <laughs> you, can't have a, you can't have an actual peanut butter and jelly sandwich with some strawberry jelly. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's not going to hit the same. A peanut butter jelly sandwich. You know, you got that purple, and then you got the peanut butter. I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but that's how it has to be. Now, are, are we, what are the, do we, do we do with the crust on the bread or the crust off? Crust on the bread. Crust on the bread, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. Now, in terms of your gear, Cause you're one of these people. I feel like sometimes you come out with different looks. I know you normally you have the towel, and yeah, you have yeah. the gloves, but sometimes little your little bands and 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 stuff is different. So like how how do you decide on the look? It's really just the feel on whenever I walk into the locker room that day. 
have this feeling. Um, depends on if it's hot. If um, I might wear sleeves, I might not. I might have a shirt hanging from under the jersey. Depends on how they feeling that day. If they're gonna let us rock it or not. Um, with the bands though, it just depends. Sometimes I put them on my arm if I'm feeling it, or sometimes I switch it up and put it on like a leg or two. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, that's really it. Yeah. With the towel, I usually wear my towel. I like my, I like having my towel. I need to you know wipe my hand, looking nice. So yeah. Um, the gloves, I usually, with my gloves, I usually try to get something like the Joker or something like that. I like, I like really, if we're going to talk about something with like the way we dress, I like to have, I like to have my, my gloves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then do you have any pregame routines that you normally do? Um, I got to talk to my siblings. My little brother, my little sister, every every game day. You know, my little brother played football for Colorado too. And so normally he either have the game before me or the game, you know, after. Like, he play on a Friday. So if we have a Thursday game, I'll talk to him, you know, about him. And then he'll talk, with, he'll talk to me too. And so really we'll just be talking. I'll talk with my siblings, you know. They just, they, they bring me, they they bring me back to the level because sometimes I get too excited, you know, and they bring me back to earth, you know, just talk with me, you know, have me, make me laugh because they gonna, they gonna make me laugh no matter what. So, um, talking to them is definitely like a, a pregame ritual that I do. Um, and I think like everything, I do everything from the right side. Like once I put my pads in, like my pads go in on the right side first, and then I put my right sock on, left sock, right shoe, left shoe. You know, everything starts that way. It has to. It has to line up. See, that's just like your former t- uh, teammate TJ Roberts. When he came on, he said he has to do. It. He has to put his on mm-hmm. right side. Now. Okay, so all right, so I see that it is okay. Okay. Um, and then finally, here, what are your goals for the upcoming season? My goals for the upcoming season. My goals is to compete for the Natty first and foremost. And then um, as that's like a team goal. I want us to go and get that, to be able to go and work for that. And then personally, I want, I want to be an All-American. Like, that's something I'm going to go and work for, um, All-American. And then um, really to, to go out there and have fun and play to the, the best of my ability, you know. Go have, yeah, go have fun. Like this, is, like, this is the last ride. So. Yeah, really go out there and enjoy it and enjoy being with the team and enjoy being with my brothers as we do it, as we go, you know, chase greatness. And if, if do you have a, a, mess, a message for Bronco Nation about uh, what they can expect from you and from the team this, this upcoming season? Mm, you're going to, I expect you to, to see something different than, just, than you've seen in the past, you know, the work you've been putting in. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be something special, and so I think you can you can really look forward to that. You can really look forward to to seeing the hard work that we put in, and to really see you know us us really having fun out there and enjoying it. You know, road shows, baby. Well, Johnny, I appreciate you taking time this evening to talk to me. Um, it, it's it has it has been it's been a pleasure. Um, you you're, you're more than willing to come back on, and I'm glad I found another Steelers fan. So, yo, know, this is oh, really? been a good- 
No problem, Johnny. Thank you, sir. So once again, I want to thank Johnny for taking time there. I, I did not know that the man was a Steelers fan, which uh, is just another reason why I like the brother. Uh, but like I said before, um, this probably will be the last player interview for some time, a couple of months probably. Like I said, we should have some, hopefully I'll try to get some coaches on here between now and the start of fall camp. And then at which time, I would definitely probably bring him back on Dante. I'll reach back out to uh, Johnny and I'll also probably reach, reach back out to Steph as well, see if they want to come on there. I'll give us an update as fall is coming and I'm going to try my best at some point this season to get some defensive players on because uh, it has been a very offensive heavy so far with the one-on-ones. But uh, I will probably have to reach out to a couple of more defensive players. I tried with uh, Mike a couple of times, Michael Slater. Uh, we just haven't been able to get, nail down a time that works for, for both of us yet, but he, he is pretty intent on coming on. So you hopefully at some point there we'll get him on either during the season or, or, or during fall camp. So, and again, be on the lookout for for the the, the new series over there on the Chosel Podcast Network this time next week, next Thursday. Like I said, that should be over there once a month, at, the, at least for the next three months. So, uh, and, and then we'll, like I said, then we'll, we'll provide an update probably around the time of fall camp i'll just let you know where where we are headed for as far as coverage in the fall so uh again i thank you for all the continued support and the previous support and my until next time my name is jonathan goodo aka jg smooth i'll talk to you all later